A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro of the Dead Poor Hitter. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I will be bringing onto the show Mr. Thomas Alonia. He is the winner of the 2021 overall draft champion on the NFBC. Um, Tom also had a sixth place finish in the draft champions as well. Overall, pretty very successful year. We will go over the his success in the NFBC formats um, on the show. Um, Kind of uh, a little bit under the radar. He's not on Twitter. So, you know, kind of uh, brought it up in a chat room in the NFBC draft in November if he wanted to come on the show. And he was uh, definitely happy to do so. And so it was good. It was good to talk to him about his process and um, some of the things that helped lead him to the overall victory last year. And, um, you know, how long he's been playing. You know, the drill in my podcast, uh, we get into the history of the fantasy play and how they evolved into playing NFBC or their home leagues and such like that. So, um, hope you enjoy this episode and hope everyone is taking care of themselves. Enjoy. Yep. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pull Hitter. Today, I am talking with the 2021 Draft Champions overall winner, Mr. Tom Alonia. Tom, how are you today, man? I'm doing good, Rob. It's uh, really nice to be with you. I know we've tried to make this happen for a while now, so it's uh, <laughs> glad, glad we were able to get get this in today. Yes, me too. I know uh, life has been interrupted, uh, been interrupted the podcast, but uh, now I'm getting back in the swing of things. Um, yeah, I'm trying to crunch together my list of uh, of guests that I wanted to have on, but you were one of the first ones that I had on the docket um, coming up. So went right back to the well and, you know, definitely was interested to talk to you about, um, you know, your success last year. And, um, you know, you had a fantastic season um, and just uh, thought it would be cool to, you know, have Back, the back-to-back uh, draft champions overalls on the same podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it was ironic that that first draft champions I jumped in in early November, you just happened to be in. That's where we first, you know, yes. got to talk, talk about doing a podcast. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because, yeah. like, anyone who's not on Twitter or I don't talk to, like, through any other way or email, you know, it, it just happened to come perfectly in the chat, you know. It was like, oh, here, right. I oh, have yeah. you. I have you in the chat, you know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get that going. But uh, yeah, so before we get into, you know, strictly the NFC talk, I just wanted to get a little background, uh, you know, about you, um, you like just a, you know, fantasy baseball fan. Do you like baseball as well? And when you, you know, when you started playing fantasy baseball itself? Yeah, well, um, started doing fantasy back in 1989. <clears throat> it was the first year I played in a, in a league. And that was with a bunch of guys from the Bronx, um, mostly cops. Yeah. And uh, that was that was that was a fun time. And, you know, 
it, it's way before the internet. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was interesting is though, um, they used the company called North Shore Software for the stats. They were based out of Long Island. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of guys talking about how they used to have to do the numbers themselves. So for, for 89, it was kind of advanced. And this company, they would send you sheets every week. They'd mail to every player in the league. Um, they'd mail you the standings, the updated standings. And, you you know, probably every Wednesday, they'd come in your mail. And it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, that sounds so cool. Like, you know, you just get your standings in the mail. Because right now, I, uh, press, I know I'm pressing refresh <laughs> so much during the season. I feel like to get it would be like a Christmas gift. <laughs> oh. Well, that's what it was. And everybody in the league was like, uh, anyway, I did it. I did that with those guys in the Bronx for uh, a few years. And, uh, you know, I, I was a cop in uh, Story of Queens. Oh, okay. So I kind of, oh, okay. I kind of took the um, league and I started my own league with the guys in my precinct um, in 93 was the first year. So, uh, you know, I was the commissioner of that league for 25 years. And uh, was it a um, full, full league, like full AL, like AL, NL, everything? Yeah, it was mixed league, uh, but it was four by four roto. We okay. never had, uh, okay. we never did runs or uh, whip. Interesting. So, interesting. yeah, it was interesting. Uh, yeah. But we used, uh, the, you know, that same North Shore software when I uh, became the commissioner of my own league. And, you know, it was, it was great fun with the guy, you know, everybody. You'd be walking around with the station house with their fantasy baseball sheets, you know, like, <laughs> right. but it was, it was, right. it was crazy. And, you know, my poor wife, uh, being the commissioner, um, you know, guys would call you with their transactions. Right. And I work, right. I work midnight. So I slept a lot of the day. So my wife would feel the phone calls, you know, guys in the league be like, Oh, hey, Christine, you know, uh, I need to active. So my wife would have a notebook. She'd write down all the, you know, the transactions they want, you know, uh, this guy activating so-and-so moving so-and-so to the bench. And then uh, on Sunday night, I'd have to call in the transactions to this uh, software. That, and it was a cra- it was a push button system. I could be on the phone for two hours putting in the transactions for the week. Because it was, each player had a four-digit uh, four code, so you'd have to punch in the player code and then play, press one to activate, two to bench, and you'd have to do this for every team. Wow. You know, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and if the phone, if the phone call disconnected halfway through, you'd have to start over. Some nights, some some Sunday nights, it'd be on the phone for three hours putting in transactions. Oh but my god! It, it, it was a labor of love. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So then, um, you know, the first, uh, I don't want to drop your story, but the first, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to tell you a funny story. The first Roto League I got into was from a bunch of friends that I had in the Bronx um, that I met through work, actually. And um, they had crazy rules. Same thing. Starting in the early 90s, it was, um, but they, they, they didn't play with the AL and NL West. It was really wacky because yeah, that's, that's, when they started it, you know, they didn't have those West sat when they used to take the, you know, stats from the newspaper or whatever. They used to get it too late. So they didn't bother with the Western teams and they kept it that way all the way through like 2012 when I got into the league. I said, this is crazy. But I just I wanted to get into a league. I knew the guy. So um, and I met a 
you know, a whole bunch of great people in there. But the craziest thing about that league was, I don't know if your league was auction a snake, but our league was auction. And it was, it wasn't the style that we know these days. And I don't know if you have heard of this, but um, you would, you would nominate a player and it would go around the table in order and you'd have to either nominate or pass. And if you pass, you could never get back in to the bidding and it would just go around the table when it started, I looked at my brother who also joined the league and I said, what is happening? You know? So I said, hold on, time out, time out. I said, what, what is this? And it's like, we're doing an auction. I'm like, this is not an auction. Like I'm just used yeah. to shouting out numbers, you know? And they're like, no, no, no. We go around the table. And I said, wow, go around the table. This sounds like it's going to take 10 hours. And they're like, oh, it does. It usually takes about, you know, eight to 10 hours. It's like, oh God, it was such a yeah, different. That's, that's, that's a long draft. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, was your league an auction or a snake draft? Uh, they were always snake, just okay. a snake. So that's that's what I was used to. Yeah. Uh, always did a snake draft. Gotcha. And then, uh, you know, so I was, like I said, I was the commissioner of uh, my home league for 25 years. And that's all I played. I played one league a year. And that was it. And then uh, my buddy, Michael Oka, you know, who I now partner with uh, occasionally in the NFBC, you know, he was in the home league, but, uh, you know, he found the NFBC through their advertisements. Right. And, you know, whatever magazine, I forget, but, you know, and he tried it and he told me, you know, back in like 2015, oh, you should try ah, I didn't want to do it, you know. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, the next year he sent me an article uh, because after I had retired, I moved up to Connecticut, rural part of Connecticut. And one of the guys in my home league's like, oh, what are you, a pig farmer? You know, you're going to be a pig farmer now? You know, like a wise guy. So, <laughs> so, that, so that was my, uh, that was my, that became my team name in my home league. I call myself the pig farmers, you know, so. <laughs> um, uh, so Mike now sends me this article about this guy that plays in the NFBC. Lindy. <laughs> That was a pig farmer. He's like, Tommy, he goes, check this out. He goes, this guy's an actual pig farmer. And he, he's like the best fantasy baseball player. So, you know, yeah, it was Lindy Hinkleman, you know. Yeah. And so funny. I read the article. I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty cool, you know. So uh, I did uh, one NFBC draft champions in 2016 and uh, kind of got addicted after that, you know. Right. And yeah. uh, it, it roped you right in, right? Oh yeah. Well, and the, the, the draft champions format is my favorite. That's, that's what I like best. Uh, you know, um, I've come to like the auction drafts better as far mm -hmm. as the draft, but the format, like, you know, even with my home leagues, you know, being a commissioner, you know, I got tired of, you know, all oh, this guy's cheating, that trade's no good. And, you know, uh, so without trading, I was happy, no trades in NFBC. Yep. And to be honest with you, no, no fab in the DCs. I always felt like I was a strong drafter. And I always felt like, you know, I hated losing a, a, a season because some guy, you know, got lucky with a dollar pickup and, you know, ended up, right. you know, beating me with some, you, you know, pickup. Yeah. So the DC was perfect for me. I just, I'm like, wow, this is, this is what I like. And going 50 deep, perfect. Didn't, it didn't bother me. That's awesome. You know, yeah, yeah. It's a great, it's a great format. It's, it's, it's my favorite format too. I just, there's something about 
trying to project the whole season, you know, and, and, and right. It's those small victories too. I always talk about that, but when your 46th round pick gives you like 18 good innings, it's such a great feeling. I don't know. Oh yeah. 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 Hey, Tyler Nake, when it was my, uh, picked him in the 50th round last year, played, played a big role in, you know, in the uh, team I won in the overall. Yeah. Wow. That's a fantastic 50th round pick right there. You know, you, you never know. You never right. know, you know, where you're yeah. going to get it from. Uh, but yeah. so, you know, I, I came in second my first year in, uh, in in the one league I did, which, you know, it's like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Came in second, you know, only three points out of first. So I think the next year, 2017, I did one on my own and I did one with Mike and Mike and I won that one. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the, the two geniuses, I see the two, yeah, the two, <laughs> you know, guys may think that's like cocky or something, but it's not because whenever we have, you know, t- discussions about, oh, you're such a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You're a genius, you know? Yeah. And then, it, so we're like, oh, well, that's the perfect name. The two geniuses, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, name. Uh, that's great. Uh, and then uh, 2018, I think I won two out of three DCs I did on my own, um, which was good. And that's when I really, um, I think the one of your leagues I won, I took three closes in my first seven picks. And at oh, that wow. time, at that that's, time, guys yeah. are like, uh, you know, I'll, you know, guys in the draft room, I remember hearing, oh, oh, what, you know, what are you doing? You got no chance. I'm like, whatever, I, you know. So, <laughs> You know, I was never against taking closes early this year. It's kind of gone, uh, as you well know. It's, you know, but in a DC, you have to understand, yeah, you kind of need those closes. You know, you need the sure things anyway. Right, right. And and I say that, but of course, now I'm going the opposite way where I'm waiting. So, uh, you know. (laughs) Are you zagging right now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, like last year, I, I... I was in on Liam Hendricks early. I was in on Rysel early. Uh, and I made sure I was getting those guys. Right. This year now, they're going in round two. Uh, not not Rysel, but uh, Hater. So now, now I'm zagging. Yeah, I'm going to zag a little and see how that, see how that works. I, I think uh, there's other guys to be had. Yeah, so. yeah. I agree. It's, a, it, it's good not to get so locked into one strategy um you know you can have i think it's good to be a little pliable say you uh, you know you want to get one of the top eight guys doesn't have to be you know one of the top three guys per se but um yeah i mean i i love speculating that's one of my favorite things to do is to try to get that closer that's going to give me you know that even 10 12 saves and um so there's some draft. I think it's you know good when you get a bunch of teams involved, and if you got you know handful of teams you're playing to go different ways. You know, like if you feel like right. it's one draft you do want to go early, or one draft you just want to wait until say like a Jordan Romano, and then just say okay, now I'm gonna you know just wait and you know try to get some later round guys. But yeah, the 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 closer market is definitely something. You know, that's especially when you're in the draft room and you're just like, all right, well, let's see how this one unfolds. And then you see an early one, like pick 16. You're like, oh, boy. <laughs> right, you, right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know instantly how that the closing draft. Well, is and it seems go. like every draft now I've had, I, I've kind of gotten from 12 to 15 is my. So I'm, I'm not I'm not taking 
Uh, I know guys have done it, I think, already this year, taking Liam Hendricks in the first, you know, 20 picks. I'll, that's not something I'm going to do. I'm not knocking it, but it's not right. – I'm not going to do that. Gotcha. So by the time it gets back to me in the, uh, you know, third round, those guys are gone. So I'm, I'm just going to wait at that point. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many ways to play it. And as long as you know right. how to balance it out and, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful part of this game, you know, just, just being able to go different ways and, you know, rostering guys in various, you know, you know, so many lanes that you could take to get to the, you know, that ultimate prize. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out this year, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> this- yeah. That, well, that's, that's, that's the troubling thing, you know, going back to, you know, 2019, I didn't have a great year in the NFBC uh, 2020 also, but that was a disaster. Yeah. Um, of a year. And, you know, uh, I don't even kind of wash that from the, you know, I drafted a lot of DC teams, not a lot. I mean, to, to me, a lot is four. I noticed guys that do 50, you know, I just, yeah. Can't, yeah, 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 you know, to me, if I say I did a lot of DC teams, it's, you know, six. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, but, you know, most of my drafts were done by February. Then to have a season start in August, you know, it was kind of, you know, yeah. Hard, yeah. hard to do. Although with that being said, uh, Mike and I, the two geniuses, we won a thousand dollar draft champion in 2020. You, you're not going to see it. I don't know why, but uh, we pulled that one out on the last day of the season. Uh, Trey Turner hit a grand slam the last game, I think, for the Nationals, mm-hmm. and we won by half a point. So <laughs> we we got something out of the 2020 season. Yeah, we took uh, that thousand dollar DC. So that's a, that's yeah. what a fantastic, you know, what a fantastic way to end the season. Right. It's just, yeah, yeah. you know, on a grand slam home run. That's, that's, that's awesome. It's a good thing <laughs> about that. Yeah. 2020 was a, a really wonky season. I mean, I don't know how I drafted a team in March that ended up winning <laughs> overall in that, that started that late. It was just, I don't know. It was yeah, nuts. When I yeah. think about that, I just like, I was so nuts. You know, that whole I don't even know. Did, did NFBC do drafts up until the season started that year? I don't even, I kind of, I lost interest once the whole. They did a, um, I believe they stopped it at, at some point. Um, I forgot when the cutoff date was. Um, I think they ran it all the way until the end of March. And then, they started it up again and it was like labeled under their second half um, leagues, you know, when they do their second right. chance leagues and it was the second chance DC. So they were actually draft champions for that specific time too. Whenever they got the drafts back up and going, there was a separate overall. Separate, yeah. That. yeah. It wasn't as, it wasn't as big, but it was still uh, a separate thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, last year, um, you you had a fantastic, you know, all around season. Um, from what I got here, you played an eight league, four first plate finishes, seven caches, and your five draft champions, three first place, uh, two in the top six overall. So not only did you win the overall, you had another team that was number six. Um, and also included in there was an auction um, draft champions, which I just completed one, which is definitely pretty interesting. And you also had um, – an auction league that was a fab league, right? That you came in second place in. That was an auction yeah. fab league. Cool. Yep. So I just wanted to get your, I guess, um, I was wondering like how you 
is what's the difference in your mind between like a, a standard 150 DC and those like 1000 DCs? As like, is there obviously feel like maybe the it might be an elevated uh you know competition with people putting that much money on the line for that week, but in terms of like the 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 drafting style or the way you construct the roster, is there anything that you did differently in those leagues, or you just draft the same way? Um, I think. Uh, draft the same way, but I do see um, there, there was the, the uh, $1,000 DC that Mike and I did earlier this year. There was a lot of players that fell kind of a good amount beyond their ADP, you know, which was surprising, but it was also interesting. Hmm. Um, so there was obviously a, a different take going on in that room on certain players, but um, is there that big a difference in the competition? Uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, I think those 150s are competitive. Um, yeah. With the 150s, especially earlier in the season, earlier in the draft season, you see a lot of the guys that are involved, you know what I mean, throughout the whole drafting season. True. Yep. Whereas, you know, some of these March DCs, you might find a weaker spot with some guys that just jump in that don't really have a lot of experience. Right. Um, right. Yep. But, um, you know, I think the 150 DCs are, are still um, competitive, very competitive. And, you know, I, I've only done $2,000 DCs before this year and uh, took first and third. So the luck's been pretty good in that, you know, regard. Right. Right. Yeah, I, it's um, definitely uh, definitely a large amount to put toward a league, you know, but then, you know, especially with the no fab, but you seem to be pretty comfortable in, in, in a draft champions format. So that's that that's pretty, you know, you just got to stay calm. It's, you know, I think it's interesting that you said you draft the same way because I feel like a lot of guys that I've talked to, you know, slightly change their approach a little bit and more try to like win the league versus uh you know trying to get involved with that overall prize um, right right yeah i think which that's makes the, sense yeah. right no yeah. no 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 it definitely does but to you know to stay i guess consistent in your approach, in your approach. And, and, and just feel comfortable that you're going to win or at least cash that you know i think that's also a good route what what about the auction draft champions to the standard draft champion. So if anyone um, is listening and doesn't understand what might be a difference is one thing is you have to have your starting team after the auction round, the first 23 rounds, you need to have your two catchers and so on. And then the reserve is a snake draft for the rest of the 27 rounds. And, you know, I found that, you know, my, my view on it was when I was done with the, you know, with the auction, the player pool is just a little different, right? You just, you know, there's a lot more catchers off the board and, you know, even teams maybe won't even fill nine pitchers, you know, and, and we'll have only right. four or five. So it was just a different pool when it got toward the reserves. And I said, oh, this is this is a little different. You know, I was expecting it, obviously, but when you see it in the what the players available, it was, it was a different story. But how was your approach in that? Did you um, was it like a balance of players that you were trying for? Is, is there a pocket of the draft where you felt like, you know, maybe I can just you know, uh, buy more pitching or batting, you know, how did you approach it? Um, I definitely in the auction DC that I did last year, I went, uh, heavy with the bats. There were pictures, there were pictures that I liked that I knew I was going to get fairly cheaply. Robbie Ray, 
was one of the guys I targeted all last draft season. Uh, Freddie Peralta, same thing. Uh, so those were guys I knew I was going to get in that DC and, uh, and I knew I'd get them at a good price. Um, so I spent a lot of more money on the hitting, I think. Okay. Uh, I spent, uh, probably, I don't know, 40, $50 on my whole pitching staff. Wow. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I spent very little on my pitching staff, and you know, I showed Mike my team afterwards. He's like, "Oh my God, your pitching stinks," you know. <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know. We'll see. We'll see." Yeah, and it, yeah. It, it, it ended up being the strong part of my team, really. Wow, uh, wow. that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's nailing cheap pitching right there for sure. You know, right? Yeah, but you yeah. know, that's what was interesting. You know. Uh, the the thousand dollar DC I did Phil was in that he won naturally what 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 didn't he win you know last year <laughs> God bless him. but uh, yeah it, it's it's such good um motivation when you see someone just accomplish all that and obviously it's like oh I could do that too you know and and I think it just drives everyone to get better you know then they you know yeah they even all yeah. Yeah. You know what I, I always like to say, though, is like there's no magic in this fantasy baseball. Everybody's drafting from the same 700 players, especially right. in the D.C., right. seven, you know, whatever it is, 720 or however. We're, we're, there's no magic there. The players are there. You're not you're not concocting someone out of thin air. Right. You know, right. so but with that said, I mean, Phil had a magical season. I mean, there's no other way to, you know. Yep. But, yep. you know, and I feel like I had a great year, but <laughs> compared yeah, no. to this guy. <laughs> I know. I feel like so many people have said the same thing, you know, like, and and I think that's, you know, that's what matters too. Like, you know, I think everyone um, respects the fact that most of the people who are successful are just pretty humble and they just love to play the game. And um, I think that's what I enjoy most about the community um, in the NFBC is like everyone respects how everyone plays and how, every you know, it's just, it's real awesome. I, I'm glad I got into it for sure. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's what, it, that's what I, you know, love the NFBC. I think the guys that run it are great. And uh, yeah. you know, uh when I did my home league, we everybody in the league looked forward to that one day a year where we all got together to, to draft. You know, yep. a, a draft day is coming. You know, everybody would talk about it. Yeah. Now with the NFBC, yeah. I could draft all winter. Are you kidding me? You know. <laughs> yeah. Now <laughs> I, you can have that I, feeling I can, over and over. Yeah. I can have that fun all winter. You know, and that's what it's about. It's about the fun. Sure, you want to win, and you you know you want to prove that you know your thinking is right. And, that's all great, but it, the it's the fun of doing it of of the drafting and so yeah that's what yeah. I really enjoy. I I agree. I, that fun has to stay there. That fun has to be, you know, it can't seem like work. It can't seem. It can't be stress to go and look at stats and to think about these things. It just got to be something that you know you really <laughs> really enjoy to do. You know. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, but anyway, back to the DC, the uh, auction DC. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually enjoy that better than the draft part uh, than just the standard snake draft. Uh, I, you know, it took me a while to come around to these auctions, but 
if you can set a night aside and, and, you know, jump in one of these auction DCs, but, but also then enjoy the part of a slow draft attached onto that. It, it's nice. You get the best of both worlds, you know, you kind of, yeah. uh, <laughs> totally you can target the play. You could, you could target the plays you want in that auction, you know, like if you want them, you're going to get them. You might have to pay for, you know, you're going to pay whatever price that is to get them, but you will get them. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it is so much fun and it's, it, it's great. And just the, the software has just, you know, really been beefed up. It was always pretty good. Uh, but so solid. Software is great. I mean, yeah. we did that. You were in that auction. We, well, we, a couple of weeks ago, right? The, uh, that wasn't an auction. DC was just the uh, oh standard fab auction. Yeah, yeah, the one standard uh, fab auction. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, that, that 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 was a fun auction. I enjoyed that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I saw the signups and I was like, wait a minute, these two guys are playing in the same league together. <laughs> Did, are they going to oh, no, battle over their same players? <laughs> we battle over the same players because we both know, <laughs> know. who who, who we like. You know, so right. there's and, so many times they saw Mike, it in the. In the you know the uh, the nomination thing you know goes to your name his name your name his name yeah yeah and you know of course he like he 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 runs me up you know he, he ran me up on a few guys I'm like saw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that's great yeah yeah that's funny it's just you know because just knowing that you know from drafting uh, in that early DC, you know, just like, you know, obviously talking and, um, and I think it was another DC with Mike and he was saying, you know, yeah, me and my partner. And I was like, Oh yeah. So they got, you know, they like to play. And then obviously I saw that in the historical data that you guys had some team. Um, and I was like, Oh, it's cool. It's, it's, it's cool to have, uh, I guess someone that you team up with. And, you know, I did my first teaming up this year and it was interesting. It was an interesting experience, you know, for sure. You, you know, you gotta be, somewhat on the same level you, i guess you kind of have to have the same personality traits as well you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, yeah 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 how do you i guess you guys have such a you know you guys known each other for so long but is it a seamless experience usually or do you guys struggle sometimes no it's pretty seamless but yeah. you know of course when you know players start to go south in the season you have you know you, yeah the, this was your guy <laughs> you, you wanted him I told you he's a bum, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You genius, you had to have him, you know. But uh, That's great. Thankfully, That's great. you know, we've been pretty successful together. So yeah. uh, Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But but with that said, head-to-head uh, -head where we are in the same league and, you know, we always have a side bet who's going to finish higher. Um, right. Uh, I've, taken, I've taken Mike down the majority of the times and he, he hates it. <laughs> He, he hates hearing that, you know. <laughs> I think he got me once so far. That's it. Oh wow, wow! You're you're getting him good. That's yeah, that's... yeah. Are you um? Have you been to any live events or plan to get to any of the live events? Well, Mike and I, we won that uh, main event qualifier last year, so right. we were we were thinking of uh, you know doing in New York this year. Uh, but then with this whole COVID crap, and I, I think we're just going to do it online. And, right. and especially now with the delay in the season, you know, who knows? Right, right. Yeah, who knows if they're even going to have it live. Which, right. Yeah, I had a great experience last year with it. I hope they I hope they get to do it again, you know. But uh, I feel bad for Tom and Greg and, and Derek. They have, you know, it's it's – and from everyone who just goes there and took time, time, time off or, or, you know, made their hotel and plane, you know, obviously 
uh, it trickles down to everyone who obviously works, you know, at a stadium and and you, does that for a living. And I had on uh, John Legaza on on the podcast earlier in the week, and he made a great point too because he lives in the Bronx, just saying about all the people around the stadium that rely on that. You know, any every game of income it, it is huge, and that's part of their like boost into their you know yearly income. You know, so. There's right. so many, uh, there's so many people it affects for sure. And, uh, you know, all we want to do is watch baseball, you know? So, uh, oh, yeah, man, no, anyway, it's, anyway, yeah, not, it's not pleasant, it. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you prefer, so you prefer the, um, an auction draft itself over the snake? Uh, I'm, I'm getting uh, it, as far as enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy doing that auction. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I was, fun. you know, for a long time, you know, Mike would tell me, you know, get, you got to, do an auction. I'm like, ah, nah, nah, I don't want to do it. And right. I, finally, right. I finally jumped in, I don't know, 2019, I did a NFBC auction and I loved it, you know? So now, although I'll probably only do, I did the one two weeks ago. I might mm-hmm. do another one and that'll be it. I just, right. I, I'm not a big fab person. I'm not the best um, in season manager, especially with the Sunday, you know, fab. Uh, if it's a nice day in the summer, on a Sunday, I'm on the beach. Amen. Probably, probably drinking. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, and then I'm coming back, and I'm exhausted. Right. And I'm falling asleep. And now I got, I'm, I'm worried about putting Fab in, and it, it, it doesn't, doesn't go well. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. That, that, that's definitely, you know, beach, beach time is, is, is imperative in my life too. You know, this is nothing better than in the summer sitting on the beach and just, yeah, relaxing and yeah. Just to start thinking about that on the beach, I'm sweating even more. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I try to do as much as I can in like earlier in the week, and as the season went on last year, I was doing that better. Just trying to, you know, really just make it a case. So a Sunday it wasn't such a a slam fest, you know, of like, oh, I got to do all this. It was just mostly tweaking and just paying attention to like the later games and you know trying to adjust, you know, from there. But it's right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You don't have to do it on Sunday, but that, that's usually you know I wait till Sunday yeah. and I'm right uh, trying to do it. Like I said, it. Yeah, you, I, I'm not. That's not my best, uh, you know, uh, quality there. Gotcha. Doing those, doing that fab. Um, I did okay with it in that one uh, auction last year. You know, I came in second, fared pretty well, but uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot, it's of, a work. lot of work. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, it is, and it's why I love the draft champion too. Because, like I said, it's something about projecting a whole season and then just be limiting to that. You know, and you sort of set your lineup and watch it go and um, adjust accordingly. But um, it's definitely fun. So, can you give me like any peek into you know how you do your player evaluation? Do you use like a projection based system, or do you just look at some stats, or you know if you could lay out maybe just a little bit of how you determine, I guess, your ranks and such like that? Um, uh, not beholden to the projections. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's more of the uh, skills that are behind the stats uh i look into that plus I, I like to i like to delve into a lot of local news on teams and players and find some insights that maybe you're not going to see in the general fantasy world like last year um 
you know, I had read that Cedric Mullins was abandoning, you know, batting from the right side of the plate, start to look at him, say, well, maybe that makes sense. You know, look, look what he does from the left side, you know? And uh, so I kind of got on him through that, you know, uh, but there wasn't much talk about that out there in the, you know, right. the expert world. But you, right. you, so you, so I try to glean some tidbits through, you know, local, you know, a lot of people, oh, you can't, you know, the beat writers or whatever, you know, they, yeah, I don't know. You, you might pick something up that may be useful. Right. But, right. Uh, Even if five things weren't useful, the one separate <laughs> Mullins thing is super useful. So right. it kind of, you know, balances that out for sure. You know, and Google is a great tool or, you know, the web is a great tool to find out, you know, information on teams and what they're thinking, especially when it comes down to, um, playing time and seeing, you know, you know, you'll read it, you know, Ross resource is a great resource and he's putting in what he thinks, you know, but you read a local paper, yeah, well, hmm, that might not necessarily be so, you know, and you, 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 you know, you pick something up maybe that right. says, well, no, th it, maybe this guy might be, you know, the left fielder, you know, you know what I mean? So I totally get it because last year, you know, I like how the athletic has, you know, like a little team tab and, you know, they have their, you know, their beat writers writing. Um, but it's funny because uh, one of the old uh, one Lenny Melnick podcast I listened to, he said, you know, he goes, I just sign up for all the local newspapers. You know, he goes, I used to like to get them like in my hands, but you know, I get them digitally now he goes, but, He's like, some people don't want to do it because it's $3.99 for the year. He goes, but you get some good information like that. And he's right because I, I did, you know, like I have, uh, I do like the Miami Mar um, Marlins one because I love reading Mish and, and what he writes and um, a couple other teams, you know. And as I was reading them, I, you know, like, like you mentioned, like some might be, some information might be eh, but a lot of it is some stuff that, like you said, it's not out there. And, and, and it's, 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 you know, like I, I have a little bit of a bias because, you know, I think we probably read the post and the daily news all our life and so much of our information oh, yeah. that we, you know, that we would just, you know, absorbed all of that. So, you know, I find the same thing too, right now as I'm reading some local stuff um, as good as the athletic has it laid out or even MLB com with their team tabs. Um, those hometown newspapers got some good stuff in it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like, um, you know, Robert Suarez this year. Uh, I'm all over him. Um, you know, the Padres signed him. You know, right. I, I, I read some of the stuff and, you know, a lot of, you hear a lot of people, oh, well, you know, oh, the Padres are going to sign somebody. They just um, did. I think you, I think you guys <laughs> are missing it. Exactly. They did. They signed and, Suarez. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, I know people are making like things too about oh, well, Pills Johnson making more money than him anyway. So it's not really. Sometimes it's about the money, but it's not like a big difference. It's not like he's making eight million dollars more. It's just like one <laughs> or half, you know. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with that. I think he's one of the most slept on, um, you know, late late round pick, especially like you know, Padres led the league in saves last year, right? And he's right. just he's might be should be could be you know the guy that steps in and even if he gets half you know it's still where he's going and past 400 it's pretty solid he's, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly i yeah. mean yeah. past 400 is gonna kill you uh 
if you got it wrong. Right. Right. You, you know what I mean? So right. I, I pretty much, he's moved up a bit lately. Um, but um, I've got a lot of shares of Robert Suarez for nice. where he was nice. going, you know, yeah. but yeah. You know, but when it, when they signed him, I started reading the, the local guys there in San Diego, and they're like, "No, this guy's probably going to be the closer." You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I read I read one um, the first one of the first things I read about him was um, on Prospects Live. They had a write up of his whole arsenal and what he did in Japan, and I was like, "Wow, it throws a hundred and one." And he, you know, I mean, obviously the numbers don't translate you know, the same, um, you know, the low whip, the low strikeouts or whatever, but, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's enough, I think, to take a shot for that price for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so while you're in the draft, are you like counting the stats that your players are projected for or something that you think you're trying to hit the like target drafting, like a lot of guys do the 80th percentile or, or are you just drafting and filling in your team? Uh, I'm just drafting, filling it. It's all in my head. I don't. I'm not. I'm not like Phil with the, uh, you know, the um, spreadsheets. I'm not a spreadsheet guy. Um, never was. I. It's all. It's all that's upstairs. Awesome. And that's impressive, man. God bless. That's, that's great. Yeah. That's the way I do it. You know, and um, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at you know getting a balanced roster and. Yeah, that's. Just, I mean, it. it it seems like you are pretty good at getting the balance roster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny too, because there's been, um, I just did uh, the last uh, 50 draft, the NFBC 50, which is like the draft champion, but for 12 teams, um, I kind of like shunned the software and just drafted. And I got to tell you, like um, as much as I kind of, you know, missed uh, tracking some stuff, there is a certain kind of clarity that you get without so many things in front of you to try to make your determination of a pick. And I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it kind of like reminded me of when I first started playing fantasy and I, you know, kept things simple and before I dove into all these other things available, but I have, yeah, it was some sort of like freeness of it that I was like, Oh, this is fun. You know, that I just, and I told myself, just don't, just don't look at everything. I, I have everything in my head. Like you said, the guys I liked, the way I wanted to go in the draft and yeah, didn't rush to my computer all the time. Sometimes just on the phone, if I was just on the couch, I'm like, ah, I'm just going to make this pitch right here, you know, this pick right here. And it, it felt good. It felt uh, like free in a way, you know, that I wasn't so locked into all these other things that I like to, you know, get locked right. into. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I have in my head, the guys I like and where I expect to get them doesn't always work out, you know, as you would expect, but uh, you know, um, you know, I have it here the way I see it kind of going. It's not going to work out always, but, um, you know, if you if you hit on 80 percent of that, then, I'm, you know, I feel like I walked out pretty good. Right. Absolutely. You know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. Um, yeah. So do you obviously you already answered this question. You've definitely walking with a plan of who you want and um you're definitely leveraging ADP, right? You're looking at that a little bit and kind of mapping out where you might have to grab a guy that you really like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I have no problem jumping somebody up if I want them, you know, right. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get them. I'll jump them up. I don't care. 
you know, oh, you overpaid. Yeah, maybe. All right. So <laughs> I overpaid if he doesn't do what I expect him to do. Right. right. He does what right. You, yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, um, I play chicken a little too much sometimes, but when I don't, yeah. you know, and I'm like, yeah. all right, good. Just, just do it. Just, rock. you know, just, just jump it. Who cares what the, who cares what that number says? It's, it's what you have, you know, like obviously well, you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Back to last, you know, like Otani, I was on from the earliest drafts. I, I, you know, I had talked to Mike and yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm projecting him for 25, 15. Uh, that's what I was. I said, Otani could do 25, 15 pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was going after pick 200. The first draft I got him was, I think, 249. Wow. And, um, they, I, I got him numerous times after 200. And then as spring training went on and he was performing, doing what he was doing in spring training, he started to climb up. So the, the, uh, the DC that I won the overall in, you know, I was, I was planning on getting Otani, but now that was a March draft. And I think it was, I, I was picking out at one hole and I think it was either seven or eight, probably round seven. I said, ah, I, you know, I can wait one, one or two more rounds to grab him because of where he was going. And, uh, somebody snagged him in round eight as it was coming, you know, back down to one. Ooh. So I, 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 I kind of got deflated there. I, you yeah. know, I don't know if you bring it up there, but you know, I, Otani was a big target for me last year. Uh, you know, and I still won the overall on that team, but uh, I forget who I ended up taking around eight. It wasn't very good. <laughs> it <would've> been, <laughs> I would have been much better off with Otani there. But uh, yeah, you just got to go yeah, up and that, get your guy sometime, man. That's, that's it. And well, you know what? Yeah. I didn't, like I said, I was getting him pretty late all throughout, and uh, I knew he was moving up. And I'm, I'm like, all right. Like you said, I played a little too much chicken there. I should have grabbed them in, in, at seven, uh, but I got greedy. I'm like, I'm going to get him on the eight, nine turn. You know right. what I mean? Or, yeah. or the, yeah. I have it here. I have from last year, um, his, his overall ADP in all draft champions, all 303 was 214, but in March only it was 166. So yeah, yeah he definitely rose. Like you said. He, he, yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. So, but yeah, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> so, he's so much you know, fun to watch, I, man. He's he's oh, he's a blessing, great. you know. Yeah, he's, he's so good for baseball. I, I I still think even this year he's not being given the you know okay he's going in the first round, but um, people still doubt it. <laughs> what's a what's a regression for Otani this year? Thirty twenty, yeah, and that, that would be that would that would be a huge regression. It would be. It would still be wonderful. He, he, he hit 47 homers last year, right? Or And stole, you know, 20, what, six bases? And so a lot you without re- their two best other guys in the lineup, you know? No protection right, so, from Trout or Rendon either. And, and you know, so you regress them down to 30, 32, 20. That, that's still a great year. You know, right. yeah, his batting right. average might be 260, 255. You know, in today's game, that's not bad. Right. So, you know, and then 
in these DCs, you know, oh, I hear people, oh, you're never going to use them as a pitcher. Well, in a DC, you just might use them as a pitcher. And- I totally agree with you, Tom. <laughs> th- like- and, and it might be huge. Right. I, I, I don't know. People describe it as like a detriment. And I'm like, how can someone that you can use as a batter and a pitcher be a detriment? <laughs> it's, it's nothing but a positive. You know, if you just happen to be so far ahead in batting stats, you know, and you're a little white and you've got a great matchup, throw him as a pitcher. You know, people are so afraid of losing that four home run, two stolen base week. But it, it, uh, Maybe you only do it once or twice, but the fact that you can do it, <laughs> right? The fact it's that you just, can, uh, yeah. yeah, the fact it's that you can is huge. We all covered these multi-eligibility guys, right? Even right. guys who maybe <laughs> even aren't that great, like a DJ LeMahieu or Cronenworth, they're okay. But the the lore of them is, you know, they th- they play three spots. You know, now this guy's a right, pitcher right. and a batter, and it's and, and people keep saying, ah, but you won't use him as a pitcher. But that's not the point. <laughs> what if you don't use DJ at at first base? ever is that, right you know i don't hear that reasoning going <laughs> you know exactly know. yeah yeah so I, yeah i'm all aboard on getting him where he's going absolutely you know and i probably shouldn't say this but even in that auction we did um i love otani in the auction because you can stash him as a pitcher and draft the extra absolutely extra batter 100 percent Yep. I was trying to tell Mike this last year. I'm like, you, you got to draft Otani, stash him as a pick, your pitcher, because you, as you know, once your Ross is full, that's it. You can't. Money. So that's I a, put, I, yep. you know, and I, I thought I got him at a good price $35 in that uh, auction we did. Mm-hmm. $35. Well, you know, someone's paying, you know, 40 plus for so and so. I got him for 35. I stash him in the pitcher spot. Now, Now I can get, go out and get my uh, extra hitters. So such a great point. I heard Zach Waxman make the same point on his, on his draft champion podcast. And it's such a valid, awesome point to make, but definitely huge. Yep. Right. So um, um, hopefully I'm not in an auction here on forward with anybody with me. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to go up to 45 and you'd be like, fucking fucking pull out a podcast. I know what what this guy's trying to do. (laughs) Oh man, that's, that's, that's funny. Um, One thing that you hear like a lot about people talking is, you know, when players drop in a draft is, um, and let's say you're not really per se in on this player, but he is maybe a solid player. When someone drops, is there any alert to you to kind of all of a sudden start thinking about them or are they completely like not on your list? Generally, they're not on my like um, that thousand dollars we did earlier. Um, Quantrill uh, dropped considerably. I mean, over a hundred spot. Oh, I mean, yeah. He wasn't on my he, he he wasn't on my list to be in with. I said good players. No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he, he just and I'm like at, at one point, I'm like maybe we should grab him. I mean, he right. was going at such a steep discount. Um, we didn't, we didn't grab them, but it certainly entered the thought process. Like this, the, the discount seems almost too big, you right. know? So, right. yeah, you know, I know some people got sucked into that in the main event last year. I know, um, I had Frank Stample from CBS on the show and he said that he said that happened to him because the police act was going so early in drafts 
And then that first main event, we were the first one of the year. And he was, I think his ADP was 60 in DCs and he was sitting at 85 or 90, you know, and he said the reason that he took him was because he was dropping and he was like, you know, I got to take him here. Right. You know, but in essence, he said, I should have looked at it like these guys might be onto something. I shouldn't take him here. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. But, uh, how do you deal with um, like players that are free agents um, right now and don't have a team? Um, are you hesitant to draft them? Or if you feel like it's a guy that's comfortable in getting a job, you have no problem of uh, rostering him? Yeah, I've got no problem. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll draft one of these free agents. Uh, uh, you know, I've got a few shares of Conforto. I think he's going um, – you know, probably at a good price right now. You know, I think, yeah. He's not you know, going anywhere to platoon either, you know. Right. Conforto, wherever he signs, he's going to play. So um, I have no problem signing him. And, you know, there's others. So, I, I mean, I have no problem drafting guys like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Neither do I. I think last year, too, there was such um, it was such great, especially guys down down in the ADP, there was such reluctance for guys like Carlos Santana and Cesar um Hernandez, you know, and I just, I, I gobble him up in a lot of leagues. I know Santana didn't do well last year, but Cesar gave me, you know, great power from the middle infield. And it was just mostly because as soon as he got signed, he went, you know, a hundred picks higher, you know, and it's just right. it's like, yeah. It's a, yeah. It has a lot of hesitancy like that when people um, are just a little, you know, like shy about, you know, thinking about where a team can, you know, possibly plug in a player, but, you know, I think it's important to really, I think um, one practice I picked up was kind of just trying to see what some of the free agents go for and trying to, you know, maybe look at what the organizations are looking at their war and stuff like that. And be like, well, if this guy signed for 8 million, you know, this guy should be getting an $8 million job. And that means he should be starting. And so I'm not going to be afraid of, you know, of picking him, you know, something like that in that essence. Right. But, um, yeah. I have no, I have no problems with, I know a lot of people just shy off completely from. Uh, no, no. G- give me Kyle Schwarber. I'll take him. Yeah. He's going to, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's going to play wherever he signs. And uh, right. if he signs, right. you know, in Colorado, you know, like you hear rumors, you know, that they're looking for a big bat. Even uh, Yeah. Conforto, you know, put Conforto in Philadelphia. He's going to move up in uh, the draft rankings or Schwarber in Colorado is going up if they end up signing somewhere like that, you know. so Absolutely. 100% agree with that. What are your view on prospects? Are you a big prospect guy? No. Well, not in the early rounds. Uh, I'm going to stay away from most of these guys, you know, I'm not taking Bobby Witt in the fifth or the fourth or the sixth, you know, just don't get me wrong. He could, you know, be a great, great asset for some team this year, but that's okay. You know, you don't have to hit, you know, all those guys. Uh, I'll take someone else in there and, you know, I'll play with some prospects after round 20 in these DCs. Sure. You know, I might, especially uh, some pitching prospects, you know, um, I'll take a Matt Brash in 32 and, right, you right. know, around 32 rather than take a Jose Quintana there, you know. Right. Yeah, get a little upside play late, but yeah. A little upside play late. Even yeah. if he comes up in, um, you know, late August, th- those could be crucial starts in a D.C. for you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah, when uh, is too early for my liking. I mean, if he comes up and crushes it, I'll be rooting for him. But he's, uh, you know, I can try to win without him. You know, like you said, you don't have to hit on all those guys. You know, the that the fear of missing out really hits people when they draft. <laughs> right. My Mike, my you know, my partner Mike. Uh, he he likes. He, he's more of a, you know, the new shiny object guy. <laughs> Yeah, and you know sometimes you hit on them, you know, right? But you don't have to hit on them to win, you know. Right, it's that probabilistic thinking, you know. It's most likely won't work out, but if it does, you know, still, he's going at a spot where he has to really hit his, you know, his 80th, 90th percent uh, of of his, you know, of his stat, and I don't know that can really, I don't know if that can really happen, but um, um. often we hear, you know, everyone talking about, you know, roster construction and how you put together a team. Some people have even said that it's even more important than um, like the evaluation of players and knowing the player pool. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Do you feel like um, it's more important to know like how to piece that, that team together or to know what the player might be giving you during the course of the year? In a DC, it's for me. It's how you put your team together. Right. Where, where there's no fab in, in those DCs, you you have to put the team together correctly. It, you know, if for any shot at the overall, I didn't understand that my first year or two in the NFBC. It's kind of tell you the truth. I don't even think I knew there was an overall component. I was just playing for the league. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'd see another rank, like, O rank, and I'm like, what's this? You know, I'm like, 2,000, you know. I'm like, uh, you know. And then I <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I start, That's I'm like, wait a second, there's an overall, okay. And, uh, but so, yeah, to me, roster construction is the key in that, um, you know, obviously you want to draft the best players that you right. think are the best, but you know, to me, it's the way you put that team together where I think where you have F8, you know, the fab and you can pick up players. Maybe the roster construction isn't as important. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I totally agree you with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that just knowing the pockets and in, in DCs, you know, if you're looking at a pitcher in the 140s, but you feel comfortable about a guy in the 210s, 220s, that's going to be the same. It's really important to know that. So you don't have to go to the well there and like keep attacking bats or whatever the strategy is. Uh, I think it's really, really huge. Um, it's definitely, definitely huge um, in understanding that. And that's part of the closer thing now, right? It's like understanding that <laughs> if you wait and you say, no, I could do this, you know, it just might bite you in the butt. And when you're, when you look at your team and you're like, oh man, I got Joe Barlow and Gregory Soto. You know? <laughs> yeah, those two names ring very familiar to me right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I walked, you know, on one of the drafts, like I said, I, you know, I like to mix it up. I like to be able to not just, uh, I like to try to attack different points of the draft. And the one, that one draft, I, 
I walked away and I'm like, oh boy, you know, I, I, I got some good specs later that I feel good about, but you know, I, I came out being like, oh, maybe that wasn't a great idea, but who knows, you know, like you, you, it could be so different. You may, you could dominate offense and maybe just come in, you know, you know, eighth or ninth and save and still come away with first in the league. You know, it's, it's possible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, the overall, um, and I, I think guys see that and it's reflected in the drafts now. You want to um, compete in the DC overall. You're not doing it punting saves. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, last year coming down into the final weeks, you know, I had the lead. Um, and Steve Weimer was in second. Yep. You know, I was, you know, of course you're nervous. You know, you think, you know, something's going to go wrong. You're going to lose. And, but I looked at his saves and, you know, he, he was, wasn't going to make up any points there. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that, that he probably wins the overall if he has, um, you know, better closers. Right. So. Absolutely. I, I just look at, I'm the same way. I had um, uh, my team that came in 13th. Um, I only had, I don't know. I don't know how many exactly saves. I, I low them out, but I had like 600 and only 660 points in saves. You know, like you had 40, 4,400 points in your first place team in saves. So sometimes I'm looking, oh man, if I just add 2,000 into that, you know, I'm right, <laughs> I'm right with you guys, you know, in that yeah. top five. And I'm like, oh my God. But it's, it's just amazing. I was just shocked too that I was able to get that high without that many saves. You know, I think Ty- Tyler Jung had a 30th place team that didn't have any saves and he didn't draft any closers i looked at that draft i'm like wow just to come 30th overall without yeah, scoring no. a zero you know it's it's pretty it's pretty wild it's, it's, it's that's pretty it's wild pretty, yeah yeah it's yeah, definitely yeah. pretty wild like you know it could be done that's not those are the exceptions for sure but you know definitely need to have that you know great great balance you know i just noticed on your teams too that you just always had a really solid um stone base total like you're really competitive in that in that and that bucket without sacrificing the power either. So that's impressive because I feel like that's where I struggle the most in balancing that power and speed aspect of the build. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Otani definitely helped there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although in my overall winner, like I said, I, I didn't get him, but um, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I lost the Cunha Jr. on that team. In wow. J- wow. In, uh, you know, whenever he went down late July. And I remember it, you know, because I think I was in first place at that point or or second in the overall standings. I'm like, oh, my God, my season's over. <laughs> you know, this is it. You know, I, oh, you know, this team, you know. But the team I, that I had that ended up in sixth place, I actually thought that was my better team all year. Interesting. Um, in terms just, of the depth or just terms of, like, everything overall? It, in terms, uh, well, the offense I definitely thought was better. The pitching uh, was not better, um, but I thought it was the better team um, for most of the year. And uh, I, I made some bonehead moves. I just, I, you know, I, I put in Austin Gomber I think a few times, and he got shelled. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh my god, you know, like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, at one point, I think I got down to fourth with that team. 
So I'm thinking I could finish first, second in, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, wow. that would have been DC. I, I would have been yeah. like, this would have been sick, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely you know, amazing. I'm like, wow, yeah. one, two, and I and I only did three teams. I would, you know, I thought that would have been pretty cool, but first Absolutely. and sixth, I'll take it, Rob. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very impressive. That's very impressive. I know, like, just checking the leaderboard over the years, like, you know, you see a bunch of, you know, you see a bunch of repeats, double names, and maybe the top 100, and I was like, wow. Yeah, Casey Chuck, Tyler Young. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> how many, how can, you know, how many, you know, how many teams they play and how many teams they have that are just placing and just wild, man. I don't even know how they set 50 lineups. I don't, how, yeah. you know, wh- when do you start that process? Are you paying someone to do it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, I, I kind of got a little discouraged when I saw that guys played so many teams. I, you know, I didn't realize that. Like I said, I did one DC my first year. Yeah. And then the second yeah. year, I'm like, look, and then you could see, and I'm like, this guy's got 18 teams in the DC. What? You know, and then it's like, yeah, this, this guy's doing 25 teams. I'm like, oh, you know, no wonder why I'm, I'm always seeing their names, you know, they're doing, right. you know, 30, 30 leagues. But, you know, now I get why I do it. And, you know. Yeah. So you're so right about that. The first year I, that I played, um, you know, I got into the main event and I was so focused on that main event team and managing it and trying to be competitive in it that wasn't really scanning the full overall board of the draft champions. And then when, then one like day that I just saw, like, I don't know, it happened very quick in a span of three or four days, I went from like 2000th overall to like 18. It was so crazy. It's just, and all of a sudden, because I saw the 18 one day and I was like, what? You know, and I clicked on it, and then I started scanning the top teams and I see so many teams, you know, like, wow, how many teams this guy has? And I said, wow, 42 teams. And that's when I first realized that too. Like, wow, people play this many, you know, because again, I was so focused on the main event and I saw some two, three, you know, right. four, you know, but then when I looked at the DC, I was like, this is crazy. That's when I first realized that too. It's like, and that's why so many people were like, man, you had one entry and you won and people like had 40 you know and i'm like right, yeah which makes people it, yeah. do that many you know that's just it's nuts it's nuts but <laughs> if if you can if you could place in 30 of them then you're you know keep doing 40 teams <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like i said no i i understand why they do it but at, at first i was shocked i was like what right you know yeah and as i yeah. thought you know five years from now you'll be like oh there's a lot of that's his 40th no i'll never do that many teams uh yeah yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, you're doing I'm well not, with the handful of teams, man. Keep it like that, right? I, do the handful. That's one thing I will say, though. Uh, if you're new, coming new to the NFBC, find the um, you know, I, I would say do the draft champions, but find the right pace of a draft champions that you like. You know, right? If right. if you're impatient like I am, um, don't don't do the four hours. It'll just drive you crazy. Absolutely. Especially when you, especially when you got guys that are not as impatient as you. And- right. <laughs> totally agree. The yeah. thing that drives me nuts is like when someone's on the wheel and makes a pick and then makes another pick in like an hour. And I'm like, what? You can't make both of them at the same time. Right. Right. <laughs> that one drives me nuts. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's just like, really? Like what happened? Did you just like all of a sudden have crazy diarrhea and you just had to go like? I don't know what's 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 the difference in that? Just come make a double bang. No, I, I know. 
<laughs> and walk away. Yeah, I totally agree with the four hour clock is 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 not cool. Like I've I've done the um actually done a couple of the expresses. Actually, the the one I won was an express draft. Did it all in one night. It was my first experience with DC. Like I didn't do a slow draft that year, you know, and that right. It was it's crazy, but looking back on it, but now I yeah, you know, I prefer getting into uh the, the Mike the Mouth drafts where he's texting you like you're on the clock, you know, make a pick and I like, hurry up. And it's I, I kinda like that. Again, I like to just be over with it in three days, four days, not right. have it yeah. dragged on for two, three weeks. It's like no way. Can't do it. I mean I you know, like I said earlier, I love the drafting, but you know, two weeks is enough to, to yeah. get through a draft, you know. <laughs> it's a long time, man. It's a very long time. Yeah, I think the overall I won with, that was an hour, and that was good, and it was later in the year. It was like a March draft, and I kind of just jumped in it at the last second. I was like, eh. Like it's like, eh, let me, uh, you know, yeah, I got two teams. Let me do another one. It's an hour. I don't have to wait. Beautiful. You know, I, I jumped in it, you know. But – do yeah. you prefer the March uh, drafts over the early drafts, Tom? Do you like? I think I, I think I've, I think I've been more successful. Yeah, with the uh, later drafts, closer to the season. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do the ones in November, kind of. The, the one uh, that's the earliest I've ever done one is the one. Uh, yeah, the one I, I don't know. November. Where, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, usually November thirteenth or something like that. That's what. Yeah, yeah. That's what that was early. Thanksgiving, I think, is like when I like to do that first one. You know, you kind of got some time around the holiday and you can have some fun with it. And, uh, right. You know, you know, that's where you start to learn the player pool again. And, you know, you do get that one draft under your belt. But I, I th- yeah, I've had more success with the February, March, uh, drafts, I think. Interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, uh, I feel like you nailed it. It, it it's good to keep, keep you filled out, you know, and keep you interested in baseball, get a, get a couple of drafts in, get a feel for that player pool. And it, it, I mean, it always helps to have that, you know, that knowledge um, fresh, you know, when it's closer to the season, but, you know, of course you get those couple of um, like guys that you targeted maybe for a role change, you know, if this guy got traded and when it happens, you know, right before spring training or during spring training, you're like, yes, that's why you draft early. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. 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 Some of, yeah. Some of yeah. that does happen. Right. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, so that's what I would say to anybody, you know, thinking about coming and find, find the right speed for yourself. Um, as far as drafts and what you, what you enjoy, if you, right. you know, Good they point. have a lot of uh, they have a lot of options, you know. Um, yeah, they really do. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, I've done a few four hours, and uh, now that the, there's certain guys, especially back like uh, uh, James Gable, he, uh, you know, I, I think he does a lot of teams, and I remember drafting with him a couple of years. I said, I'll never draft with this guy again. I just can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I, you know, and I, I think he was on. Uh, someone's podcast like probably a real nice guy whatever you know yeah super not, yeah, it's, it's, yeah i heard i heard that podcast too on that yeah. super nice guy but i can't i you know i'm like i can't this guy is on the clock all you know for a long time and you know yeah he said he's gotten better and he understands why now guys you know <laughs> i heard that right right yeah. yeah 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 because i i guess too like uh, maybe you know 
um, maybe it's part of that, uh, you know, like you sign up that maybe if you're not really, you know, understanding of, of, you know, like you sign up for four hours and you're like, okay, I'm doing this because it's four hours, you know, and exactly, you know, I, I expect to take time out, but I guess it's that, it's that, um, it's that New York pace that's built in me that is not made for those drafts. I think you probably feel the same way. Right? Yeah. No, and it, it's, yeah, can't do it. Yeah. It's my own fault for joining the four hour. It's like, you know, yeah, the, the, just don't join the four hours. Uh, right. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. Talk to me about your like your pitcher batter splits. Is there a number that you're shooting for in that draft champions? Um, how many batters you want to have? How many pitchers? You know, outfielders. I know a lot of people like to you know target specific numbers for that. Yeah, um, I'd say anywhere twenty two to twenty five pitchers, ideally. Um, uh, and the batters, I'm just making sure I'm backed up at each position, um, probably two, depending three deep catchers. I'm, I'm not too worried about, you know, last year, um, I was happy with, uh, Tucker Barnhart and, uh, Tyler Stevenson. I I did that combo, I think a few times and maybe one or two backups there because to me at some point, having a bad backup is actually detrimental, you know, oh, getting, totally. yeah. getting, yeah. getting a catcher that, you know, bats 198 that might hit five home runs. Are you, are you going to have him in when he hits those home runs? Maybe, <laughs> you know, are you, he's going to hurt you. I think more than he's going to help you. Um, so I'm not, too worried about going too deep on catcher batch a back. Obviously, you, you want one or two, but yeah, I totally if, agree if, with you. If, there. if you're that deep in your catcher backups, then if you know if you're looking to play the fifth guy, that that guy's going to be terrible. We all know a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I had a lot of teams last year where you know I like to get either you know two two really good catchers like a jt i had a lot of teams with jtr Contreras on my teams last year but i also had teams where i didn't go that early but i also didn't wait but like you said like when you can get two guys that played like barnhart and stevenson you know like and just going to give you a solid bat to not hurt you but when i looked at i pulled like all my team stats you know like all the team that um all the team final team stats and you see who you started you know and i kept that was the first thing that popped out to me was how many catchers I ended up starting that would just, I'm like, no, I'm like, there's no, it's why, like, why do they do this? You know? And I think toward the end of the season too, there was, there was some Thursday, uh, some Friday to Sundays where I would keep my G like injured JTR in there and not put in that, you know, that guy who's just going to be terrible for you. So this year I've pivoted to not always, um, last year it was always four, you know, four, four, get four, get four. Now that sometimes I walk away with three and I'm like, okay, it is what it is. You know, I'll use yeah. That other, yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. you know, that's one, one area this year where I got a lot more pliable with, and that's just from looking at the numbers and being like, yeah, I don't need this extra guy. You know, I could pick him. I'll pick another, I'll speculate on a, a young kid or, or something, or just get another outfielder, you know? Right. Are you really going to project that fifth, back at that fifth catcher that you draft for 15 homers and a two four. No, 
he, he, that that player doesn't exist. Right. You know, right. if he's your fifth catch you draft and you, you know what you're getting, you're getting, yeah. you know, uh 198 hitter, you know, that hits, you know, four home runs for the year. Right. And right. so do you, do you need that? Mm, probably not. You do, you, do you like to um, have a certain split within your pitchers? Like as far a as uh, of starters and like closers or starter relievers, swingmen, or is there any number you try to reach with the starters? I, I try to get 12 starters. Okay. That, and that's probably low for, um, I hear, you know, all the guys 15. I'm happy if I'm around 12. You know, um, to me, anything after that, is, once again, is probably junk um, that right. I don't want right. to start because they're only going to hurt me. You know, I see. There's teams out there, and I've seen this now numerous times. Um, they'll take Cole, you know, that pocket aces routine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it works well for some people. Um, but they'll take Cole or someone like that in the first or second round, and clo- and then they'll take their next pitcher or two around somewhere after 10, and then they'll wait and grab – you know, uh, 10 or 10 to 12 late starters. Right. Right. Jordan, they'll grab the Jordan Lyles, the Jose Quintana's. Right. I don't the want Zach, any part of guys. the Zach Lothers. Yeah. I mean, they might, uh, you might need them at some point of the season with injuries and just the way schedules line up. But, you know, this, I try not to do it all like, you know, get too many of those, you know, guys. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you might need one or two. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I don't want to, um, that's not an approach I'm going to take. Um, they're going to do more damage to you than once again, are you going to have them in for that start where they get you the win? Right. And they, uh, you know, pitch to a decent ERA, or are you going to have them in when they, you know, yes, you're talking about starters that, you know, are high four ERA guys, five right. even. Right. So you, are you going to guess right and really have them in for that start where you get to, two ERA and get seven Ks? Eh, probably not. So, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I understand you want to amass stats, but sometimes you don't want to amass bad stats, you know? Mm-hmm. And with those guys, you, you're going to get some bad stats, you know? I'd rather take um, Trevor May in yeah. round yeah. 37. And if I got to put him in, you know, especially now the way – these relievers get wins. I'm just as likely to get a win from Trevor May in a week as you are from Jose Quintana or Jordan Lyles. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. The usage changing is definitely changing that shift to, you know, there's trying to approach those guys, you know, I'm looking at, I'm trying to match up like a good team, good offense, uh, maybe Vegas odds or whatever. And looking at team like that, that, don't let their starters throw that many innings, you know, trying to, right, those, right. you know, trying to, you know, obviously it changes every year. It's not really sticky, but, you know, certain teams are like the Rays, you know, that are, are going to play that game. Um, they're more tricky to figure out, but, if, you know, yeah, trying to, trying to, um, there's been like stretches of my draft where, you know, I'm just taking the, you know, like a, a, a Trevor Richard or, uh, you know, a Luke Jackson, you know, just, you know, try, just trying to, get good I guess you know good good arms on good teams that might even pick up or you know six or seven wins because like you said there's some weeks where you throw them in 
instead of, uh, you know, a Keegan Aiken. And they're, they're going to give you some solid ratios, may look into uh, a win or even a save perhaps, but, you know, it's a bit, it's rare if it's not in line for them. But um, I felt a lot better with plugging in those guys um, here and there. You know, not like every week, because I think you can definitely take away from, you know, strikeout totals and stuff like that. Um, but definitely important, I think, to have those kind of arms on your team to plug in every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I, on that one team, I gombered myself a couple of times. With the- <laughs> that phrase became so, uh, so popular. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet, man. All right, Tom, listen, to end the show, um, yep. I wanted you to give us uh, throw out a pitcher and a batter that's going past pick 400 right now in ADP that you think, can really return possible top 100 value by the end of the season? Well, we talked about the one guy, uh, Robert Suarez. And okay. Yeah. He's going now right around 400. So, may, right. uh, I like that. I like that pick as a pitcher for sure. And then, yeah, think- if, he, if, he, if he walks in, if he gets in 30 saves, 35 saves, he's right in that top 100, like we're considering him right now. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Makes you know, sense. You know, and there's a few of those um, uh, relievers that, you know, guys have taken as flyers and late, you know, your possible closer you're taking late. Yeah, they, they couldn't return good value if you hit on them. Right. You know, Absolutely. Maybe not, Absolutely. A, maybe not top 100. As far as batters, um, you know, I'm not real sure. If there was anybody after 400 that I thought was going to return – you know, top hundred value. I'd probably be grabbing him in the two hundred somewhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not like I said, Tyler Naquin. I grabbed him in the fiftieth round, and I th- and you know my thought was, well, okay, he's going to Cincinnati. He's at least going to be a left-handed bat for them, and uh, you know, I I looked at his pro. I, I thought he he's a good hitter. I'm saying yeah. in the 50th round, this guy might be able to return me some value. And, you know, when it, when Acuna Jr. went down, you know, and I need an outfielder, you know, Naquin was there. He was putting up some stats. He wasn't killing me. So in those draft champions, guys like that, you know, like uh, maybe this year I see like uh, Anthony Alford. Right. Um, yep. Being yeah. that guy, you know, uh, you know. Someone along those lines. So Chaz Chaz McCormick, you know, anyone with Chaz McCormick, yeah. Yeah. Just guys like that. Like you could step in that whole uh, skills over role thing where they could step into some playing time and boom, off it goes for sure. Yeah. But you, you know, I see guys maybe that's the one thing I see maybe in the 150s when we talked about that earlier, guys losing interest. You you see it in the draft, guys losing interest in the draft when you're in like round 35, 40. You just there's this feel this there's, there's a sense of malaise that comes over the draft room and you know <laughs> where i'm like no you know these are important picks you right. know because this guy can you know do something for you don't just you know uh whatever i'm gonna take so-and-so like i see yeah you take the first a lot i get what you're saying because i noticed too it's the top guy off the list a lot maybe you know um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of my things that I, 
that I really can't stand when people say, oh, I got him for free or, you know, every pick yeah. has a cost, you know, and every pick matters, you know, it, it really does. It, it sounds stupid, but it, it, it's really, it really is, like you said, you know, you had a 50th round pick that gave you what, set, I mean, I'm sure you didn't get all 17 homers in the lineup, but no. just gave you such, you know, and it, it, it's funny because he's just lingering in the three, three fifty, no, three fifties, three forties, like still like, you know, I think yeah, people are still, still disregarded, right? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think a little bit, I think people are still concerned about the platoon and that's definitely a thing, but there's, there's not really many guys there to play the outfield <laughs> yeah. and he could hit, yeah, you know? So. But I'm yeah, like um, like I said, uh, you know, and, you know, Alfred could be a valuable guy for you. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just throwing his name out, but like, someone like that could uh, be, you know, very important on your team. I just want to say uh, one thing, Rob. Like, you know, I didn't even know all these podcasts were out here up yeah. until this year. I had no idea. I would watch, you know, I'd go on YouTube. I'd put in fantasy baseball, I'd search and I'd get this, you know, the CBS guys, uh, Scott White and Frank, and they're great. And, you know, you know yep. I watch them entertaining and, you know, um, who else? Fantasy pros would come on there, up yep. on there, Joe sure. Pizzapia. And, you know, I watch him and, but then I, you know, I got the Spotify app on my phone. So I put in fantasy baseball, you know, just to see what's out there. And all Boom. these podcasts <laughs> come up. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, and so I start, and that's just this year. And I start listening to them and I came upon yours and, you know, all, all these guys turn to and, yeah. you know, uh, bases loaded, Rotosaurus. And, and now I'm like, uh, TMI, I've got now that too much information coming in. It's like, I can't, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Cause it's, it's overwhelming how much is out there, you know, and there's so many insightful players that fill to like all different types of leagues you know some 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 will cover just dynasty some will cover like a good spread of everything you know and i think it's awesome and like you said it's tmi sometimes like when i look up in my like like in my feed and i'm like oh my god i got too many to listen to you know which one am i gonna you know you yeah. have to start prioritizing you know your your favorites and your go-tos because i've just amassed you know, um, so many, you know, ones I like to listen to. And then at, at one point I'm like, oh, it's sad to just stop listening to this one all the time, but I just don't have enough time, you know, because uh, you really have to choose your time wisely and, and, and pick what you think is either giving you the best actionable advice or, you know, it could be, an, I know a lot of people listen for entertainment too, you know, they, they like, you know, they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're enjoyable, yeah. you know, and Absolutely. these guys, they, you know, they do a good job. But what I think I've learned from that is that about this NFC, NFBC community, you know, a lot of these guys playing it and, or, or associated with, it, you know, somehow. With it. And you see the, you know, it's, it's interesting listening to guys and then you'll see them in a draft room, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's so and so, you know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. cool to me, you know, because I, yeah. I didn't yeah. realize. And like all these guys, you know, they're on each other's podcast. So it's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool, you know, seeing this, uh, community of guys out there which i didn't even realize existed up until like four months ago you know yeah like i said yeah. <laughs> no, yeah you're totally right and i love it too because like you said everyone's popping on each other's podcast sharing information um you know i know zach has been really great with bringing on you know 
like James Gable and, you know, play, you know, guys that aren't like me bringing on you, like you're, you're not a, you're not an analyst. You're not on anywhere else, but you're in the community, you're playing, you're successful. And I just think it's great to, you know, get to talk to people like you who, who, you know, just are good at this. And, and it's just interesting. I just really, last year, once I really started to dive into, you know, um, I try to mix it up, you know, as much as I kind of done some prospect stuff and uh, talk, right. you know, but I, I, I really just enjoy, you know, finding out so much about how people prepare and, you know, just uh, you know, not to like really, you know, get inside everyone's heads, but I just got so much information last year, you know, when I started talking to, you know, everybody and seeing their process and it's like, wow, you know, like, I was, you know, just taking notes and or going back and to listen to it and like, wow, that was pretty cool. I never thought about doing that. You know, like uh, the one um, John Posmo just got introduced into the NFBC Hall of Fame. Um, you know, when I had him on my podcast, he was telling me like he the thing that blew my mind was he told me about that 80th percentile number. But then he like tracks his team every week and then tries to project how much stats he's going to need per week going forward and i was like wow that's a lot you know and it, that kind of blew my mind like i never thought about right. that at all and to hear it and i'm like well that explains your consistency you know <laughs> right. like you know, your yeah your, yeah your process is is really on point. yeah so he's it's, way it's, above my league when it comes to that kind of stuff like uh, yeah i you know i've heard some of the guests you guys i'm like wow these guys are they're doing a lot of work you know know. and and god bless them if they could streamline it like my my whole thing if i tried to do stuff like that it would take me way too long you know i just don't have the capabilities to you know process it or make a spreadsheet to make it go that fast you know like i i would love to if if there was no computers to do i would still love to be writing stuff by hand you know I, i love that like matt modica does he get the piece of graph paper and he writes his team and I can, you know, and it's just like so old school, but it's such, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's so organic and it's great, you know, it's, right. I love it, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, is cool. Like you said, um, once you see all the podcasts out there that are really, uh, you know, just having such, such good content about different things. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm happy that I just get to meet people like you and just really right. expand, you know, like, it's just starting friendships. It's just like exactly like you said, your home leagues, and it's just like an expansion of it. You know, you, now you get to meet so many other people that love to do what you've done for since right. 1989. Nice. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I really, I yeah. really enjoy it. But yep. I, I appreciate you taking time out and and, uh, and coming to talk to me. It's, it's been really awesome. And um, yeah, I enjoyed uh, it a lot, Rob. Uh, wish you a lot of success this year, and uh, hopefully we get to talk again. You know. Yeah, yeah you too. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Always Rob. Success. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. All right, Tom. <laughs> All right. Be well. All right. You too. Thanks. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Once again, I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pill Hitter. You could find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter and the Pull Hitter Podcast at Pull Hitter Pod. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you found it actionable. If anyone would like to leave a rating and five-star review, that would be fantastic on your Apple Apple Podcast or whatever platform allows you to leave a rating and review. I believe Spotify also is a place that you could do that now. Um, if you do do so, 
um, send me a snapshot of the rating and review um, and let me know through Twitter or email. The email is um, listed on the show notes. It's uh, pullhitterpodcast at gmail.com. And I will be happy to send you some pullhitter swag for stickers or magnet for your fridge. Um, your little bear fridge, whatever you got, um, you can slap it on. So um, if you do so, if you feel so inclined to give some love to the podcast and myself, that would be awesome. And for anyone who has already done so, much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You guys uh, are what make me keep going and make me do these episodes. So enjoy and don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>